Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. There was a time when Old Guilford Road in the southeast corner of Brattleboro used to go all the way to Guilford. In fact, Old Guilford Road was one of the first European-established roads in this area. In the 1740s, it ran down along Venters Brook to Fort Dummer, then south to Guilford, and onto a fort in Coleraine, Massachusetts. The Coleraine Fort was one of many forts along the northern boundary of Massachusetts Bay Colony. The forts ran in a line from the Connecticut River to the New York Colony border. In the mid-1700s, they served as colonial military outposts along the frontier between New England and Native American territory. Fort Dummer had been constructed earlier in 1724 along the Connecticut River as the northernmost English encroachment into Abnaki lands. In 1741, the settlement of a land dispute between Massachusetts and New Hampshire colonies resulted in Fort Dummer coming under the jurisdiction of New Hampshire. However, New Hampshire refused to finance or supply the fort, so the Massachusetts colony continued to maintain both Fort Dummer and Fort Number 4, located further north on the Connecticut River in the confluence of the Brown and Connecticut Rivers in Charlestown, New Hampshire. Fort Dummer had been built to provide English settlements with protection from Abnaki and French military expeditions from the north. The fort was made of red pine timber stacked like a log cabin and served as a military and trading post into the 1760s. As time passed, the fort was dismantled and incorporated into a farmstead on the site. In the early 1900s, the Vernon Dam was built, and much of the land where the fort had been located was inundated by the dam in the Connecticut River. When I-91 came in the late 1950s, Old Guilford Road was cut in half near the Guilford-Brattleboro border. When traveling up Old Guilford Road, as you come to the top of the hill, you arrive at Fort Dummer State Park. How did a state park more than a mile southwest of the original site of the Fort Dummer military and trading post end up with the Fort Dummer name? That southeast corner of town had been known as the Fort Dummer neighborhood for over 100 years. In 1912, a cotton mill was constructed in the area, and the corporation that financed the business was named Fort Dummer Mills. The Fort Dummer Mill operated into the 1950s and had a great impact on Brattleboro. The millworker tenement complex along South Main Street became known locally as Fort Dummer. The town trolley ran to the mill to help with worker transportation, and Oak Grove School was built to accommodate the influx of workers' children. Corner stores, a barber shop, hairdresser, restaurant, and bar were established in the neighborhood. The mill formed a baseball team that competed with other New England mill teams. Fort Dummer became a tight-knit community that revolved around the cotton mill until it closed in 1958. The mill is now owned by the Brattleboro Development Credit Corporation and houses many small businesses. It was in the 1950s when the idea of a Fort Dummer State Park was first mentioned by the Vermont Historic Sites Commission. The Historic Sites Commission had been formed in 1947 by the Vermont Legislature with primary interest in acquiring and preserving the Calvin Coolidge Homestead in Plymouth, Vermont. Since that beginning, the Commission had gone on to take possession of the Hubberton Revolutionary War Battlefield, the Bennington Battle Monument, and built the Chester A. Arthur Historic Site in Fairfield. In 1957, the Historic Sites Commission, led by Vrest Orton, recommended the Vermont Legislature approve construction on Route 5 as near the original site as possible, a complete replica of Fort Dummer, the first permanent European settlement in Vermont. Across the river in New Hampshire, a reconstruction of Fort Number 4 was in the works. Commission members thought a Fort Dummer replica on this side of the river would be interesting to tourists and celebrate the historical heritage of the region. The idea of a Fort Dummer replica was popular in the Brattleboro region, but was a hard sell in the state legislature. The Historic Sites Commission was politically struggling. 
They could make recommendations to the legislature, but the legislature had found decisions on expenditures. Many states were beginning to embrace their heritage and attempting to turn the past into profits. A Rutland Herald editorial celebrated Virginia as an example of a state that was bringing in tourism dollars by highlighting historic sites. The Vermont Commission had already involved the state with the Calvin Coolidge homestead, and that led to years of uncomfortable negotiations with the Coolidge family. The commission had also become embroiled in the controversy around Chester A. Arthur's birthplace. The state purchased land purported to be where Arthur was born and then built a replica of the house he was supposed to have been born in. Neither of these properties were bringing in enough money to offset their costs. Some in the legislature were looking at the Vermont Historic Sites Commission as a money loser rather than a boon to tourism. In 1959, the commission asked the legislature for $150,000 to reconstruct Fort Dummer because such a tourist attraction can be of great economic benefit to the state and gateway to Vermont over the new thruway. The Senate Appropriations Committee thought the plan was too vague and cut the proposal to $5,000. The money was set aside to create a planning proposal which could be presented to the 1961 legislature. In 1961, the Bushnell family donated 35 acres on Old Guilford Road to the Vermont Historic Sites Department. The gift was given with the understanding that the land would be used as a memorial park in the name of the late Jason Bushnell, and that a replica of Fort Dummer would be built there. An architect estimated the cost at $117,000, and a park was also suggested as this corner of the state was lacking in campsites with water facilities. This was probably the high point of the Fort Dummer dream. While the 1961 legislature had not taken action on the proposal, there was now designated land set aside for the fort reproduction. In 1961, the Fort Dummer Association was formed as a result of a meeting sponsored by the Chamber of Commerce. A fundraising program was begun. Thur Hertzberg constructed a model of the fort to promote the project. In 1963, the state was told there was more land available as the interstate had caused more property near Bushnell's site to be acquired. However, the local Fort Dummer Association had only been able to raise $1,900, and the House Appropriations Committee was not interested in funding the entire cost of the fort. The Historic Sites Committee turned the project over to the Vermont Forest and Parks Department in hopes they would fund the project. The commissioner of the Forest and Parks Department, Perry Merrill, said he did not have the funds to build a fort but was interested in developing a state campground. In 1964, the state bought two adjacent parcels of land for a total of about 200 acres. Within a short time, work started on the construction of park roads, renovation of an old house for a park caretaker, and the development of at least 30 campsites. In June 1965, the official dedication of Fort Dummer State Park at the top of Old Guilford Road took place. The article announcing the opening of the park alluded to the possible future construction of a historical museum and a large man-made pond for purposes of swimming, fishing, and boating. In 1966, the Commissioner of Forest and Parks stepped down from office to run for lieutenant governor. He lost, and plans for future development of the park faded further away. Today, the only man-made pond is the water sitting in the old slate quarry. The Fort Replica, or museum, has never come to fruition. Meanwhile, the hiking trails are appreciated by many locals and visitors, and the park continues to receive campers during the season. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.